Mila Grigg is a powerhouse of a woman who has walked through deep difficulty with resilience, faith, and intention. Mila's husband was sentenced to 10 years in prison while she was pregnant, and yet she built a wildly successful company with a newborn as she visited her husband in federal prison. So in this conversation, Mila shares with me how to build a life when everything just kind of feels stripped from you and how she refocuses and finds heart rest through God's word and a park bench. She also talks about her most effective tips for living with resilience and building a business in the thick of discouragement or lack of passion. This is a conversation not only for my dreamers, creators, or business-minded friends, but for those who feel stuck or you can't quite figure out what God has in store for you because the present just looks so bleak. I pray that this conversation brings you hope and a sense of purpose and longing for God's goodness and plan for your life. Let's jump into today's conversation. We were never promised that life would be easy, but when we do it together, it becomes much easier. I genuinely believe that we have to be intentional about creating a joyful life. I believe in happy parenting healthy marriages, long-lasting friendships, and making perfect memories in imperfect homes. But those things require deep, holy heart work. I am passionate when it comes to sharing vulnerably about the things that people are not always comfortable discussing, and I am passionate about sharing practical wisdom that has helped me to help you navigate through life less stressfully and more purposefully. On the Living Easy Podcast, you'll hear honest insight with a biblical foundation to help you become best friends with your spouse again, to love your motherhood so much that you don't need wine or even coffee to get through the day and to find hope in the very real trials and pain that we face moment to moment. I want to challenge you every Monday to live life with purpose, to choose joy, and to honor God with all that you do. Are you ready to fight hard for that sweet, abundant life? If so, I would love to do it together. So grab a cup of coffee and join me every Monday. I'm Lindsay Maestas, and this is the Living Easy Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Living Easy Podcast. You guys, today has been just kind of chaotic. We actually just went to the CMAs last night, which has just been, it's so fun, but I am tired and chugging my coffee. And I am here with guest Mila Grigg. Hey, Mila. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. So Mila, you have a new book out called Forged by Fire. And before we dive into everything that you have invested into your business and into your book, our audience does love to get to know the people behind the mic. So can you share a few things about yourself, like where you're from, where you live, and maybe just a few things that you love? Yes, of course. So I mean, first and foremost, I, you know, I love Jesus and, Hmm. you know, foundation is the Lord. Um, I'm a wife and mom. I have the two, you know, most perfect children, of course, ever created. Um, (laughs) And uh, I own a business and have for about 20 years. So that really is the short of it. And I have just loving this season in my life. I love that. So 20 years, I feel, so I'm about seven years in to my business and I have experienced so many highs Mm -hmm. and lows and I'm, as I'm sure that you have, can you talk a little bit about, um, what maybe the process has looked like for you in the, 
building your business process? Has it been something that felt like you were continually moving forward or did you have a lot of moments where you would move forward and then feel like you were stalling or failing or falling short? What has that journey looked like for you? Yeah, that's great. I I, I mean, I feel like I fail every day. You know, the difference now, the woman that I am now versus who I was even 10 years ago, uh, I search for those failure moments because I know that that's when I'm growing. It's when I'm not failing that I become most fearful. Mm -hmm. Um, And I often find that I'm failing when I've lost connection with the Lord, which really for me means I just haven't opened my Bible um, for an elongated period of time. And when I'm in the word and reading um, and asking for guidance everywhere in my life, including business, uh, that's when I know that I'm moving much more, much more quickly than ever. But really, it's hard. You know, seven years in, you've overcome the hump, but, you know, that's it's such an up and down. And for, you know, the past 15 years, really, the up, ups and downs have been more of a growth period. And I know that Anytime I transition, and it's happened three times where the business has grown, you keep the same things that I'm doing in the same services, but then it grows a little bit. Those transition points are all like it's I know it's Jesus because I wouldn't ever take that faith jump without him pushing. And sometimes it's like, hey, I'm going to cut off your income stream over here because you are so stubborn and do not see the one over here. So I'm just going to make this painful for you because you are a tough learner. Um, and then it's like, okay, great. I mean, it's I literally going through it right now. My husband goes, well, clearly the Lord wants you to see something you're not looking at. And I'm going, yeah, absolutely right. And we kind of giggle about it now, but it was hard. So yeah. I think the growth, the growth happens in his word and the, um, you know, the, the failure happens every day just because you have to try new things. So that, that in essence is, you know, the good and the bad. That's good. Thank you for sharing that. I think that encourages people. Do you feel like when you're, as you said, like being stubborn and you're not seeing those areas and you feel like, okay, God, you know, God gives and he takes away. And that's something where he says, okay, Mila, I'm just going to pull this from you for a season. Do you feel like it takes you a little while to to realize that that's what's happening. I think just like as stubborn achieving women, it's like, no, I'm just going to try harder. I'm going to do more, do better rather than saying, okay, let me recenter and refocus myself so that I am honoring God in the business that I am pursuing and in the ministry. You know, I feel like every business as a believer has a ministry aspect to it, but do you feel like it takes you a little while to get to that place where you surrender or have you learned to respond to that conviction relatively quickly? I wish I could say quickly. Um, I think I'm faster than I used to be, but still slow. Uh, You know, I think um, in particular as an entrepreneur, when your finances, you know, entrepreneurship for me doesn't mean a monthly check, right? So it's, but when you get to a place where you know that you have, you know, I have X amount of contracts and I know what's coming in the door. I can become comfortable very fast. And as a, you know, an achiever and someone who always wants to push, 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 it's a wild thing to become comfortable uh, in that place. I don't want to be, but, you know, even with this latest transition, just kind of moving into a different clientele, uh, I mean, it, the Lord's like, I'm going to cut it off. And he did. And that's when I go, okay. And then I move at warp speed, but getting to that place of, okay, I hear you. I see you. I know you've been knocking. 
uh, you know, that's all I can do. <laughs> yeah. Just, oh, like, why are you slow? Uh, but then I move fast. Like, I mean, it, it's truly warp speed. So it takes me a minute. And then when I get there, so I'm hoping, I mean, even my husband says it, you know, you, where could you be if you would just listen the first time? I'm like, oh yeah, hundred percent. I could have <laughs> yeah. been where I am today, you know, 18 months ago, but it is what it is. So we, mm. we get better every day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Well, and I feel like anybody would relate to that. You know, I think that there is a response that the spirit just kind of brings that conviction to light. But sometimes the the conviction is the learning process within itself. You know, where we're walking through and we're saying, I know you're tugging on my heart, but I want, like I want the desires of my heart where my prayer lately, because I really struggle with that similarly, is Lord, let my will match your will. That if it's your will, mm. give me that desire for the desire to be what is your will. And it's really helped to kind of reframe my thought process because I struggle with, I'm a go, go, goer and I just want to do and I want it to do well. Even if God is closing doors, I'm like shoving them open. And as yes. I was reading the description of your book, I loved that you started it with the verse from Job 23:10. when he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Can you discuss how this verse resonates with you and how it has helped to build your successful business in branding group? Yeah. I mean, so the the book is really kind of two part. And then it, you know, talks, it's my personal story of building brand to a degree. Um, and then the other part is really, how do you build your personal brand today in this world? And how do you find your purpose and your why and all those things um, that, you know, uh, really matter, but sometimes just seem overwhelming. Mm. The forged by fire part, uh, truly Going through a fire, my husband was um, convicted of a felony, and it was for wire and mail fraud in 2009. Mm-hmm. He gets sentenced to 10 years in prison, and I have a like a business that is doing okay, but obviously not the breadwinner of the family. And so I'm looking at, I'm married, I'm pregnant, I'm building a wow. branding agency, and then he gets sent away to federal prison for wire and mail fraud um, for mm-hmm. 10 years. Oh my goodness. And so I'm going, okay, there are a lot of decisions to be made um, Mm -hmm. moving forward. And so um, I felt like I was on fire and I've been saying that I had said that for many years, the long and short of it is he should have gone to prison. Um, I never one time said he shouldn't. I did, however, think that he didn't have a trial where the judge heard what she needed to hear in order to make the right decision. And so Long story short, he ended up serving five. The judge, the federal judge, um, who is just incredible, ended up vacating her own sentence, re-sentencing him um, to five. But I didn't know that until like year four. So year four, I'm building this business through this fire. And you can imagine as you build a branding firm, I mean, you talk about being seen and there wasn't, I didn't have the ability to hide this. I mean, this was news, right? It was around the time that Bernie Madoff was caught. And so anybody doing anything at any level, it was, it was big news. So I've, you know, I have a baby, I have four stepchildren. Uh, I have a business that I need to grow uh, in order to, to not only survive, but to provide for the family. And so my, I was, you know, my fa- I had, I mean, I was a Christian at the time. I knew Jesus, but boy, do you get to know Jesus fast when you're on fire? Um, and that really through that fire refined me and it created 
the woman that I am today and 100% would go through it again to get to where I am uh, at this point, still married, you know, successful business, kids are thriving, obviously broken, but on the right path, I believe in, yeah. in, in, in any point. So that was really that fire. And so the book was to encourage, inspire, motivate, and then to give tactical uh, pieces of wisdom and advice where people could actually take it and move forward with their brand and their purpose and sharing their story um, in a way where it wasn't just an inspirational, oh, this is really inspirational. I feel good. I wanted people to be like, look, this is what I need to work on. Boom, do it. And you can start, you know, the second you breathe that chapter. So that was mm. really the, that was really the end goal. Thank you for sharing that. I, as I think of your experience, you know, I can, obviously cannot even put myself in your shoes and imagine, but my mom was a single mom, you know, raising us on one income and um, for a long period of time. And as I've gotten older and understand, you know, the complexities of being a mom as a whole and the complexities of trying to provide an income for your family, what was the experience of that for you, Mila? Like, what was the fear? Was there fear there for raising a family on a single income? What did that look like kind of in the first few months of finding out that your husband was being sentenced? Yeah. I mean, so he was found out in January of 2009 um, and then immediately went in and admitted everything and showed everything and flipped like here. Yes, right. this is it. It was like no discovery needed. Here it is kind of a thing. And then yeah. he was sentenced nine months later in, in September. And so you know, everything happens when that happens in terms of you start doubting everything you've ever believed in marriage. And you're like, mm -hmm. this person is supposed to be this, you know, uh, truth foundation for you is not, is not right. And they make this mistake. It's not even a mistake. It's like a, it's a tornado mixed with a hurricane and then a tidal wave. Um, yeah. And then you're hurting. I mean, it's so many things are going on and your accounts are frozen. I had nothing to do with it, but they have to look everywhere. Right. So you oh, have right. no money. Mm -hmm. have um, no hope for a future unless you know the Lord. And then you have, you know, you're pregnant and you're going, well, what the heck? Like, how is this is not what I envisioned. And mm -hmm. so, you know, that I very quickly had to turn to him and not listen to any of the voices that were going on around me. Uh, why are you staying with him? Why, what are you doing? You need to get a real job. Um, the community is going to turn against you. We can't believe you would stay. And you know, for me, it was really simple in essence, harder to obviously um, deploy this sort of, you know, loyalty. But, you know, I knew when I got married, I became a Christian later in life. And so I had many years and didn't really know the Lord. And I think for me, that was great because I know what it's like to be without him as an adult. And so then yeah. that I do not want to go back to that place. It wasn't bad. It just wasn't with him. And that's, you know, such a difference. And so when I when I got married, I knew it was going to be an adventure, good and bad. And I also knew that when I said my vows, that the covenant I made that day was with God and mm -hmm. with my husband, but with the father. And I knew that that was my foundation. Like that was a, you know, don't, don't cross over the line. Don't pass go moment. That is not, that is not going to be something that I waver on. Now, of course, I needed to see change in him. And, you know, years later, um, you know, I've, I've seen it uh, multiplied times a billion. But that first nine months, you have to make a decision pretty fast. 
you've got to really know who you are and what your foundation is. And so I'm like, Lord, look, I am walking into, so he gets sentenced. He goes to a holding facility. My first experience with the prison. Um, and I'm pregnant. I mean, I am like, I'm out there. And yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm over there and I'm, I looked up in the sky and I said, Lord, I have two choices here. I'm going to turn around. I'm going to walk in and like, that's it. Like, I'm never looking back. I'm going to stay married. You're going to walk through this fire with me or I'm going to get in my car and drive away. I'm not even Mm going to go in. Like, these Mm -hmm. are the two choices I have right now in my life. And that's it. Like, that was, that's all you have. I mean, there's nothing left when everything's taken from you. You're like this, you got to turn to Jesus. And so I called my friend, Nathan, and I was like, look, these are my two choices. And he was one of the people in my life that walked me to the Lord. And so he had, you know, been through a lot of this with us. And I said, here are the two choices I have. Like, what would you do? And he's like, you have every right to leave. Like, there's nothing that's going to, you know, like the Lord's not going to be like, I hate you. And, you know, you can do what you want. He said, but if you guys make it, what a testimony. Yeah. Like, wow. And I was like, oh, done. I hung up the phone. I walked in. I didn't look back. Um, So that's how that went. And then I just went to work um, and worked my rear end off. I mean, talk about having a newborn visiting a husband in a federal prison and then building a business where you have to be in society and with executives and leaders and you have to speak and have your, you know, you know what together. And so it was such a dichotomy of, you know, I'm going to help high level executives and then go to visit a federal prison. And you have to have this brand that people want to be associated with. I mean, it was just wild. So through that time, I learned what I learned about branding and emotional intelligence and communication and reading people, um, everything in the book. And that's that was where that learning ground came from, other than just reading and learning. But And then realizing truly that your personal brand has to have a foundation, has to have core values, and you have to be intentional in order to be seen for your value and your worth. All the things that I had to live through um, in a very public way. Um, and it worked by the grace of God, go I, and it worked. And so that's really the, where the, the book came from. Well, I want to say first, I respect your commitment to God and to your husband. I know that that is probably in the moment, as you mentioned, how that, that fear of who is this person, what is trust, you know, how are we going to rebuild all of these things that the easier way would be to say, I can't, I can't rebuild. I can't put in the energy, the effort, the heart to do these things, but to place your commitment first, I think is such, it's what we teach here. You know, I believe so strongly, so firmly in that when our commitment to Jesus remains the foundation of everything, it really re-centers us and helps us to refocus our perspective on eternity, staying married for the sake of eternity, staying married for our ministry and the goodness of God in the thick of the pain. And so your story is a really beautiful testimony. And you mentioned having, you know, going to these high level executives and teaching them. And I know within your book, you talk about the importance of keeping your professional and personal life together in a way to where you're actually growing your business so that your story becomes your brand. 
Hey guys, I wanted to take a second to tell you about something that I truly believe can change your life for the better in a project that is near and dear to my heart. The Proverbs 31 woman was a woman who not only raised her family with intentionality, but she was also a successful business woman. She left her family early in the morning to make trade deals and was an investor who made and spent her own money. Our economy is not in a good place right now, as you all know, but the online industry is not going anywhere. It's a $100 billion industry that has more than enough to go around for me and for you. I know that now more than ever before, you're likely eager to live freely and without fear of the recession, away from a nine to five constrictive lifestyle or a paycheck to paycheck job, and to instead enjoy the beauty that life truly has to offer. We want to work to live, not live to work, right? And Jesse and I realized the exact same thing, so much so that we actually changed everything. We packed up our home and moved across the country away from the only home we had ever known for 30 years. And why did we do it? For real quality of life. We were done with hustle culture that had consumed us for so long. We wanted to slow down and truly appreciate the lives that God had given us. So I dug into social media and online business and all that I learned over the years about serving my audience well, while also having the ability to make a profit. So let me back up a little bit to where it started. Nearly seven years ago, I launched a blog from my couch holding a newborn covered in spit up. It wasn't glamorous, but I wanted to talk about the things that I loved. The only problem was that no matter how active I was on social media, likes and follows didn't pay the bills. So I decided to jump into online courses and it completely changed our lives. Not only did Jesse get to quit his job, help me with my business, and be a stay-at-home dad after a crazy busy many years of work, and we didn't have to stress about money or time freedom anymore. So we now wake up to passive income in our account every day, and we have all the time in the world to go to our kids' sporting events, school activities, have brunch together on a Tuesday afternoon just because we want to, all because of our online business. So I wanna tell you it definitely isn't too late for you to do it and there's more than enough for you to share and that you do have something worth sharing and teaching even if you don't feel like an expert. If you're a hairstylist, DIYer, musician, teacher, homeschool parent, personal trainer, nutritionist, virtual assistant, you name it, or just a mom who wants to bring in extra income for her family, you have something to share with the world. So I've created an academy that is jam-packed with all of my advice, everything that I have done from the very beginning. There is no gatekeeping here. I'm showing you every detail of what I've done to create a multiple six-figure business. My Permanently Profitable Academy, The Money-Making Bundle, is a full 11-module course with everything you need to know in over 50 slides. My Permanently Profitable Academy, The Money-Making Bundle, is a full 11-module course with over 50-plus videos with everything you need to know about starting and making money through social media, blogging, podcasting, collaborations with brands, online courses, and so much more. It is available now and includes six one-on-one -on -one accountability coaching sessions for a limited time. These coaching sessions are with me alone and they are intended to keep you on track, to stop all of the intimidation and imposter syndrome, and to answer any and all questions you have. It is all about you. As always, nothing changes if nothing changes. So click the link in my show notes to see more about the online money-making bundle and to get registered right away. Again, the coaching is limited time only. It is personalized just for you. So make sure not to miss it. 
Click that link, get registered, and I can't wait to chat with you. Let's get back to today's episode. Can you talk about any of maybe the shame or embarrassment, or if there was none of that, as you went to talk and to share that your life was intermixed with your business and how you navigated that? Yeah. Thank you. First of all, I appreciate that so much. You know, even as I released this book now, so many years later, you know, there's still a level of fear. And so to Mm -hmm. have such positive words spoken, you know, to me, like just know that that's such a, it renews my heart and, and Mm -hmm. it, it, you know, those are the moments you're like, I can move forward. Like that's, that's awesome. I mean, was there shame and guilt? Uh, you know, I very quickly said he did what he did and I did not do anything. And so Mm -hmm. I didn't have any, however, uh, the fear of how it would affect me and my children. I mean, that's where, that's where like the rubber meets the road, right? I mean, you're as a mom, you, I, I always, I said in the book, um, I have, a, I feel like, I mean, this is the only thing I do, like God's given me a gift. I feel like I have a really high level of EI, um, emotional intelligence and all the things in the book. And that's all I've got. Um, <laughs> but when it comes to my kids, it goes out the window. I mean, I turn into an absolute lunatic. And so when, you know, <laughs> when someone says something and, you know, they're like, oh, can you, you know, believe it? And I think that's where the reading of people came from, because I was always trying to read what people were thinking and feeling and trying to guess what they knew or didn't know so that I could share the story, which truthfully, but in a way where it would meet them where they were at. And I think that skill just um, was honed and forged truly um, through that. And, you know, I think the, it was hard and I had fear. There were so many people that walked out of my life, but then there were just so many that walked in, um, believers, non-believers. I mean, just women and men who said, you have a gift, do not allow that gift to be thwarted. This is going to be a testimony for you and I will support you, you know, endlessly. Um, Mm -hmm. and those were women and men who, by any stretch of my imagination, shouldn't have even at that point known me in my career because they were such high level executives, um, but then got behind me and literally pushed me forward. And I had opportunities um, early in my career um, because of their support and care and love and just belief in what I could and can do. And so I had fear and I still did, but then I welcomed it after a while and I welcome it now you know, when people go, oh, your husband did, uh, you know, and I just want to go talk to me about that. Like, where does that come from? Right. It's, it's a complete flip unless you hit my kid. And then, and then again, like, I mean, I'm working on it. I promise like, (laughs) Lord help me. But you know, if you want to bring me to it, I just literally, yes, I'm a crazy person. Uh, but otherwise I really do welcome it. I feel like it's a testimony that the Lord gave. And I'll tell you, Lindsay, it's the weirdest thing. Anytime someone has ever come to me in a negative way and, or said Ugh, behind my back or, you know, had a story to tell about me that they thought they knew or even about um, my husband. I, the Lord has always worked it out. It is wild. And sometimes years later, I had a woman apologize to me for saying something um, in, in and around, I think 2010 or 11. And she apologized just a couple of years ago and said, I just want you to know, like, these are the things I used to say. Um, and now I follow you on uh, social because you mm. give me so much hope. And I'm like, the yeah. Lord just works it out. So I trust yeah. that he will and vengeance is mine. And I just kind of let that stuff go now. Mm. That's really good. This is something that I heard and I wouldn't say it has a ton of merit, but it's helped me and my mindset where it said, they said something along the lines of, 
your biggest haters will ultimately become your biggest fans. And I don't think that's necessarily true. But for me, I think that it challenges me to say, okay, people can have opinions, right? Like I I have a lot of people who have a lot of opinions about things that I do, of course, and especially being a Christian, people share a lot of their opinions. But if we are living honorably, if we are living in a way that is glorifying and loving and compassionate and free, which I think is a lot of what you've lived, Mila, is this, you've lived out this freedom that comes only from Jesus because in the world, these circumstances could absolutely just squash somebody, right? Like just cause them to, yeah, to just crawl in a hole because there are so many aspects to it. But when we have that reliance and when we are continuing to say, here's my junk, like I've got a lot of it. (laughs) I have a lot of junk. I'm a mess. And the only goodness in and through me is Christ, that it, it really takes away the energy I think that people have to hate you unless they're against Jesus and then therefore, you know, they're against him. And just that verse, I always repeat it to myself. If the world hates you, remember that it hated me first. It's truth. Mm. But for you to continue living that out and to share so openly, it just drives, I believe, other people to share their darkness, their, their struggles and the pain that they've experienced with others so that they experience that freedom that comes from Jesus. And so for you, you know, as you've moved forward, some people might be like, okay, how the heck did you do this, Mila? How did you go from that? You have a newborn baby. I can't even, you know, manage my newborn baby, let alone a huge business where you're helping all these people. What was, I know the driving factor, but what did that look like? Like implementation for mamas who might be like, I want something. I just don't even know how or where to begin. Yeah, just start. That that truly is the best piece of advice I can give. I think many times people want the end in front of them before they start. And I will say over the years, the business, it doesn't change. It just grows in different facets and ways when I'm ready for it to grow. And when the Lord says, <laughs> here you go, you're ready. Him being gone and being a mom and having to then be a stepmom in a, in a more hands-on role, you know, mm-hmm. because he left. And so I knew that I didn't have room for failure. And I feel as if the Lord created me to be a very competitive person. And that competitive nature, you know, can be bad sometimes, but other times it can make you move in ways that other people won't. So I competed with myself. Like, what can you do today that that pushes you forward? Um, just start. Uh, you have an idea, you have a want, you have a dream, just start doing it. And it's wild that as you walk forward, I think there's that verse that says he lights the next best step. I have found that to be abundantly true. It's the next mm. best step. And yeah. sometimes, you know, a client will call and be like, hey, I've been following you for 10 years and I want to start, you know, let's, can I hire you now for my company? I'm like, 10 years? Are you like, God, it, it takes time, but just move forward. And, and you know, I think the, the biggest piece of advice that I'd give to moms is, um, and now having lived this, uh, the youngest two are 12, turning 13 and seven, um, and Sophia is my, <laughs> my 13 year old going on 30. Um, <laughs> and I will say like when she was younger, my mom was incredibly helpful. My mom was the only one who really stood by us. And when I was working, my mom was watching her. I would have changed the way that I spent time with Sophie when she was little. Um, but again, like I'm just in survival mode. And I think partly like shock mode, right. you're in a war. 
mm -hmm. that time. And I'm just trying to keep myself together. And I think I would have spent more time with her. So looking back, you have years to work. You have years to work. Years while the kids are with you and years while they're gone. Do mm -hmm. not miss that time. Um, do not, do not, do not miss that time with them because you just cannot get it back. And those formative years are just so important. So with Alexandra, the littlest one, um, I don't miss anything. I don't miss a dang thing. And if that means I have to work from 11 PM to four in the morning, I'm going to do it. Um, yeah, I can say you. no now and I can move my schedule around. And, um, I just, I think I went off on a tangent, but I think those are the two biggest things that I've learned on this journey in those, mm -hmm. God, in those early years that, you know, you just have, you don't sleep anyway, but then this added layer, um, created just, it was, you know, it felt impossible at times, but, um, don't mm -hmm. miss the baby. T don't miss the baby years. Don't do it. You'll, yeah. you'll regret it. Don't do it. Yeah. And it wasn't a tangent. I, I think that every parent needs to hear that, especially in a culture now. There's leaf blowers, guys, right outside my window. So I apologize <laughs> if you can hear them. <laughs> um, but I think that every parent needs to hear that because it's hustle culture now. You know, you see, I mean, even in my business, I'm encouraging others to start a business. and But I also try to ensure that I'm intertwining the importance of creating a business that gives you more time with your family. Like that's the essential goal for me, that my ministry is being a mom. That's my first and foremost ministry. And the rest yeah. comes after that. I think that when we keep that as the pinnacle, that that's the center of everything, that it helps us to build a business in a way that honors the family unit, that honors the relationships and places them at the top. And I'm very similar to you in that I will – put the kids to bed, sing them a song, read them a book, play more songs because they take forever to go to sleep. And then I'll come downstairs and I will work, you know, from sometimes nine to one. And that honestly, I'm really creative at night. I feel like I'm more creative probably because the house is silent. I don't know if you're similar. Yeah, same. Yeah. But I, I think that what you're speaking of is so important to just remind people because I feel that we don't hear that as often as we hear build a business, build a brand, which is a great thing to do, but also honor your family and spend that time with them. So I would love to hear from you. You know, this is something that I've been struggling with is just motivation. I find this past year, we've had a lot going on. We moved and I'm finding that maybe I'm spread too thin or maybe I am just burnt out. I'm not sure what it is, but how do you respond when you feel like you just don't have the energy to do anything or maybe your passion is fading a little bit? Yeah. Open, open the Bible. Hmm. I, uh, fresh wind. Yeah. I, you know, there are times yeah. where I just need a fresh wind. Um, and I've learned too, over the you know years that it is, it is really okay to turn off and, and to spend yeah. time with God. My mother-in-law always used to say, when you're stressed, find a park bench and sit. Um, with your Bible and just sit until you feel um, that connection with the Holy Spirit. And that is key. Uh, we move so fast. You have to take time for yourself. I'm a better human being, a better mom, a better everything. If I, there are moments you just have to take, you have to take your time back um, and spend time with the Lord. And if that's two days away, a day away or a park bench, um, that is where I find my fresh wind. And that is where you know, he wants to spend time with us. He's jealous. Like he wants to spend time yeah. with us. He wants to grieve with us, celebrate with us. And when we don't, and when I give that time to him and I'm obedient to that, when I say I put him first, you know, there's an obedience to surrendering to that, those levels, God, husband, you know, I mean, the children, work, et cetera. 
And when I'm obedient to those moments and I truly surrender, I could work an hour and get more done than I get done in eight hours. Yes, that's uh, true. Because the Lord's like, here it is. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm gonna, like, you, you, here it is. You're going to get all that in one hour. You're done for the day. Thank you. So it's that I, we forget that he's the one who brings the opportunity. He's the one that refreshes our purpose. He's the one that shows us if we ask um, for wisdom and where to turn and where to go. And so, you know, it doesn't make it easier to follow. Following the Lord isn't easy in the world terms, but my gosh, if you're trying to build your life and your business and your purpose into refresh, I mean, I just totally surrender. I'll throw it up in the air and miss deadlines to open the Bible now because it, it takes less time. I mean, he's yeah. like, here, call this person. And you're like, Oh yeah, that was definitely Holy Spirit inspired. So mm-hmm. that for me is where it's at. And, um, to not feel, to not feel selfish, uh, by taking me time, have to take me time, have to do it. Um, even if it's getting my nails done with a girlfriend, uh, I will just do it because you have to have you time. So that's yeah. my refresh moment. Um, I know others have different ones, but it really is not being mad at yourself for needing it either. Just saying, mm-hmm. see you for an hour, hour, day, whatever. Mm-hmm. That's great. Thank you. <laughs> I'm like, I think I, I get in the word and then I, but I, when I am in the word, I think that I kind of compartmentalize maybe to where I'm compartmentalizing my business as separate. Like I know that God is the foundation of it, but if I'm honest with myself, when I'm reading scripture, I think I take it as more of a personal geared more toward my motherhood and my marriage, but I know that I need to let it into my business more. And so that's just, it's encouraging and inspiring to me. Um, So can you tell us a little bit if in closing, two to three of your most effective tips for building a personal brand for somebody who has big dreams, they're passionate, they're creative. We have so many listeners on here who are moms wanting to start a business or, you know, just people who are already starting and feel like they're stuck. What would be some of your best advice for building that personal brand and getting their business to the next level? Yeah. So, you know, it's so great. The the first thing I would say is, you know, personal brand is what the definition of that is how people describe you. Right. So if you're not in the room, how are people going to describe you to other people? That's your brand. So if I get off this podcast with you and it would totally hurt my heart. But if you said that was so boring and I hated it, that's my brand. Like you own it. Your listeners (laughs) own it. (laughs) You know, but you own it. I don't own it and you don't own yours and it just is what it is. And so you know, if you have a strong personal brand, which means people know who you are, they know your core values, you have shared the stories of your life well, um, and you're not a cheesy salesperson, but if you share who you are, share your gifting, share your strengths, you can do anything. You know, if you have a strong personal brand, um, you can buy an NBA team and then sell, you know, shoes, and then you can start a, a you know, series of restaurants, and then you can mm-hmm. whatever, right? Like brands can pivot. If you have a strong personal brand, it doesn't matter what your business is because people come to you. You're the brand. You're the brand as an entrepreneur. So whatever you do, if you if you decided, Lindsay, you wanted to you know start a product line, you could because you people already know who you are and they trust you. So that's the goal of building a brand. And so for those people who are trying to start a company, um, obviously it's important to find the why. Why do you do what you do? But so important to start getting on even like social media. I, I'm a LinkedIn pusher. Uh, everybody needs to have a LinkedIn for all the reasons. Um, mm. And you need to start sharing your story. So the book is written in a way where if I'm working with a company or a client, I go in the order of the book and that's how it happened to work out. I didn't mean for it to work out that way, but God is good and it did. And I 
oof, I wouldn't, I mean, I wish I could say, oh my gosh, I was so brilliant and it worked out like that. No, <laughs> but you know, you have to start with your core values, have to know what those are. You have to know why you do what you do. Um, and then you really need to understand what your story is and then how to share your story. Um, I listened to another podcast and I think that you said you were um, Enneagram three and that you did. And I am as well. And, you know, there's a, I get irritated when people talk about Enneagram three is probably a very Enneagram three thing to say, but you know, you're, you know, you can be be like a chameleon. Right. And I think that's so important not to be chameleon, to be like, you know, um, in a raw in a bad way, but you can see other people really fast. So for like you to be a storyteller and to meet your audience where they are, that's how we need to be. Like you have to know your stories, all thousand of them, and then you have to share them at different times in different ways with a different tone of voice, um, meeting people where they are, and you have to know what people want from you at that time. So if you're looking to start a company, then if you go to the chamber or a rotary in your city and you want to start sharing that story, or if you're online on LinkedIn or your website or your social, you need to share bits and pieces of yourself um, in order to show the world what your gifts are. Um, Mm. Because if you don't, people are not oracles. You know, most, I started this piece, this personal branding piece of the company. I wanted people to be seen. And most of the time I'm meeting people who are gifted work harder, have more passion and more experience and are getting paid less than those who have none of that. And Mm -hmm. that's just because they aren't sharing their stories. So you really have to know that um, and start sharing bits of who you are, because then you could sell, you know, manure and and ice to Eskimos. (laughs) And the people are going to buy it because your brand, right? Like who God made you to be. You have a gift that nobody else has. God gave us all a gift. No one else in the world has. I mean, it's like our, it's like our fingerprints, like no one else has it. What is your gift? Figure that out. Then use that gift to build a business and share stories that highlight pieces of your gift. And don't be afraid to do it because again, people aren't oracles and they're not going to find you when they need you because you haven't told them where you are. Mm, So good. So good. That reminds me, we actually had a guy come to our door. He was a bug guy and he, uh, (laughs) like an exterminator, I don't want to call him a bug guy, but he... I immediately was like, no, thank you. You know, we don't need something, you know, when people come to your door. Um, that's what I thought. But when I opened the door, he was so friendly and he was so intentional. And what he did was he very quickly said, hey, I know this is super inconvenient for you. So I'm taking 30 seconds of your time, but this is why I do what I do. I've worked for another company for 15 years and I saw some errors in their the way that they were doing business. I won't name the business, of course, but I wanted to do things better for the sake of my clients. And so I started figuring out and researching other companies and looking into what did work. And then I started implementing it with your neighbors here, you know, and I've been working with your neighbors. And so I'm not here to push you. I nothing. But my passion is to really just honor your money and your time by giving you what you're actually paying for, where some other companies just don't. And so that's how I got to the place that I'm at, yada, yada, yada. And he left and I was like, man, that was so much better than just handing me a business card, right? Like he told me his background. He told me, and there was a little bit of sales in there, but he told me his story and what makes him different from somebody else out there. And we can always compare. I mean, there's always somebody better than us at something. But God has given us our own individual gifts and talents. 
And if we're constantly looking over our shoulders at other people, we're missing out on the gifts that he's given to us. And so I, I just resonate with that. And I think that is so important. And obviously, you know, storytelling is a big part of my business and ministry as well. But I think that it it just helps people honestly to feel less alone when you are doing those things, but then also for you to feel more confident in what you're doing. Because like you said, Mila, you're really building that trust with people who just say, I believe you when you tell me you actually like this product, or I believe you when you say this because you've told me when you don't like something. And I think that is it's yeah. just so crucial. Yes. So let our audience know, what is one thing that you really hope they gain from your new book, Forged by Fire? Really? I hope that they, if they don't know Jesus, that they start questioning mm-hmm. if he's real. Um, so that's my true Love heart that. answer because I wrote a book about business and didn't intentionally mean to write a book that has, you know, scripture throughout it, but yeah. it does. And I hope that through that, people who don't know him will question. I mean, if you don't know him, really, it's just, um, are you real? And if you are, I'd like to meet you. And that's what I hope for those building a, a brand. Man, I hope that they realize that God created them uniquely and with a gift and in a world that is moving so fast and so full, so many others that they can be seen and heard and work on the like the soft skills that sometimes are missing mm. in order to reach their purpose. And to know that if you have an issue with communication or emotional intelligence or self-awareness or lack confidence, or you're an introvert and you've never shared your story, there are tactical things that you can do on impact that allow you to start being seen and heard for the value that you have. So good. Well, wonderful. I am so, so excited for you, Mila. I feel like this is just such a beautiful testimony of God's grace and the long game. You know, that we sometimes just have no idea about what's to come in our lives and we feel like we are just in a hole and your story gives so much hope to those people who may be in that position right now that you were in in 2009. I feel that your story alone is something that really allows people not only to see the goodness of the gospel and the goodness of God's grace and redemption, but to also see what resiliency looks like and to say, I am not going to be a victim of my circumstances, but I'm going to choose to rely upon the strength of God and move forward every single day. So I loved having you here. Can you tell our audience where they can find you on social? Oh, thank you. I just, I'm so honored and blessed that you would have me on. I love your ministry and what you're doing and just, thank it's incredible. You. So thank you for allowing me to be a small part of that. Well, of course, um, if they you. want to find me, it's easiest probably just to go to the website, Moda, M-O-D-A, image consulting.com. And then you can find me all over social by typing in Moda or my name, Mila Grigg. Perfect. All right. So if you guys enjoyed this conversation, as always, make sure to send to a friend, family member, somebody who might be struggling, um, walking through that fire or somebody who is just inspired to do well or to make more of their life and to walk through that hardship with that resiliency. And if you do enjoy this conversation, um, make sure to share on stories and tag your friends. We love hearing from you and what you got out of the conversation. We love you guys. We're so thankful to have you here and we will see you next Monday. Bye.